Hello and welcome to the Kill Gem podcast. I'm your host as always, Lou Coddy, and thank you for joining us for the first episode of 2022, and for which we're going to be talking about mole control. Joining us to do so is Mark Ward, the product development specialist for Kill Gem and a huge part of our technical team here. Mark has a wealth of experience with over 20 years in the industry. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hello, yourself? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Just off edge, peek behind the curtain. Mark's just been uh, advising me a little bit with an issue I've got in my car. We think we might. I thought I might have a mouse in there. Mark thinks it might be mice. So it's going to be a horrible <laughs> evening for me going through the, my boot. You'll have fun. Don't don't worry. <laughs> okay, so let's get to more control then. Let's start by talking about the look and the description of a mole because to fully understand the pest you're trying to prevent, you need to have a good idea of what it looks like and so on. Starting with that then, what the moles look like? To be honest, they, they, they're pretty uniform in colour. They tend to be black, greyish uh, in colour, uh, very short fur. Adults tend to be around about four to seven inches in length. Um, anything between 1,700 grams, very big front, front feet, uh, front paws. Really good long claws for, for, for digging. They've got a elongated head and snout, uh, small eyes, which to be honest with you, are quite difficult to see. It doesn't look like they've got any when you, when you actually pick one up and have a look at one, because uh, they're hidden be, behind the fur. Um, and you know external ears. Um, they've got a very velvety feel as well um, when, when you do handle one. And the, the, the fur lies quite strangely uh, compared to most animals. It lies in any direction. So it makes it really easy for them to back up down tunnels because the, the, the fur just moves in any direction. And, and, and you know, it's not like a, a cat or a dog when you, when you stroke them one way, um, it's nice and smooth and the other way, it's, you know, you've got that resistance. So, um, but yeah, yeah, they're a lot smaller than what, you know, you'd imagine when you see the damage that they can do. I think I did our listeners a bit disservice there, not knowing what a mole would look like. Um, <laughs> is there any animal that you could ever confuse it with? There's, I suppose there's, there's lots of lots of animals you could you could confuse it with. Um, you know, if you if you've ever if you see one, you'll know it's a mole. Um, anybody who's who's read Wind in the Willows or anything like that will will know what what a mole looks like. You know, similar kind of size to it, a small rat. Um, you know, no tail on it. But no, you're not going to get it confused. Um, although they're not commonly seen, uh, the results of their tunneling very much are. Are you okay to tell us a little bit more about their tunneling behaviour and why they do it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the main reasons for, for, for tunneling, I mean, they're a subterranean animal. So they, they, they live, their life's underground. Um, the tunnels provide them with, with harbourage, um, the nesting sites, and it's where they get the food. <clears throat> you know, they, they, you know they, they, they feed down there. They're fantastic tunnelers, to be honest with you, and can, you know, make a, a, a tremendous mess of people's uh, ball pitches and things like that. Um, 15 to 20 metres of tunnelling a day. It can have ranges of up to uh, half a kilometre. They've got different styles of, or different types of tunnels. So they, they, they will have ones that are close to the surface, which are, are often found in sandy soils. Um, often seen in, in the mating seasons when males are moving from one area to another. They have deeper tunnels, which tend to be the tunnels that they are uh, feeding in. Um, they will go deeper in the winter um, because the, the, the ground's harder uh, when, it, when it freezes. So the, the, the prey goes deeper and it's, 
it's a little warm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, as a rule, they, they, you don't see much of the tunnels. The only thing you see is the, is the, the mole hills, uh, the excavated soil. Uh, sticking with descriptions of moles then and so on, I know you mentioned their pores before. Uh, the famous having bad eyesight, but what about the rest of their sensors? Like, what are moles' physical and sensory traits like? They, they, they're just perfectly adapted for where they live and for what they do. They've got large front, paw, front legs and, 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 and paws. They've got incredibly strong uh, shoulder muscles. So obviously, they, they, they're digging every day, they, they're tunneling every day. They, they have to keep excavating, um, looking for food. They have spade-like claws as well on the, on the paws, um, which obviously aids them with, with, the, with the digging ability. The sense of smell is very well developed. There's a, there's a few things to say on, this, on the sense of smell when, you, when you're considering doing trapping. Um, some people will say that they can they can detect the, the, the smell of humans, um, so you must wear gloves. Others will tell you slightly different. Um, I, I don't personally wear gloves when I when I trap, um, and I still catch catch moles. I'm not saying that they can't smell me, um, or they can't smell the traps that I've placed in the ground. But there's there's a lot of alien uh, scents down there as well. So I think if you if you um, read too much into how well the, the, the smell sense is, is developed, then you know it, it could it could influence on how you do a do a do a treatment. They've got a very good sense of, of touch. Uh, they've got little sensory hairs on the on the, the, the paws of the, the around the face, um, under the under the muzzle, the chin. Um, they've also got sensory hairs on the tail which they use for vibration from the, the tunnel roofs. You said earlier that the, this, the their eyesight wasn't very good, but it doesn't need to be. Um, bearing in mind that they live in a in a dark hole, um, but they can sense the difference between dark and light, which is something else that you need to remember when you're doing a control program. Because if you leave any light um, coming through where you put the traps, they will know that it's been disturbed in that area. So. It's, it's something that you've got to be aware of. Yes, they, they don't see very well, but they can um, distinguish light and dark. Um, the hearing's pretty good as well. They use that to um, defend themselves against predators because they will hear predators coming. They'll also use that to detect prey as well. So um, the, 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 the sensory uh, elements of a, of, a, of a mole are just perfectly designed for, you know, for, for what, they, what they need you know, from the environment that they live in. Um, you touched on the importance of food for moles then, so let's get to their diet. What would usually make up their dietary requirements? They've got quite a boring diet, really. Uh, not something I'd, I'd be wanting. Um, mainly earthworms. Um, they will eat um, other invertebrates that are in the soil. They will eat slugs and snails, uh, mollusks uh, that, that are down there. But as a rule, it, the, the, the bulk of the diet will be Will be earthworms um, that are, you know, what they're finding while they, they, they're excavating the tunnels and, and patrolling the tunnels. It's it's pretty well known now that they they have a a feeding sleeping pattern which is is roughly four hours sleep, four hours feeding. So it's um, yeah, they, 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 all they tend to do is, it's ideal life, really, isn't it? You, you know, hmm. um, eat, eat, eat and eat and sleep. You know, <laughs> uh, a good thing to consider. 
when trying to contain a species, is its breeding pattern? What are yeah. moles? What's a mole's breeding pattern like? Um, they, they tend to breed between March and May. The male's a bit idle on that one. He, he does what he needs to do, and then he, he disappears, uh, and he leaves the female to 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 raise the young. They have one litter per year, uh, usually between two and seven uh, pups in, in in the litter. Gestation periods around about four to five weeks. Uh, they've got a similar lactation period as well. The young uh, are naked when they when, when they're born um, and, they, and they, they're born blind. Um, not that it really matters in in the the area that they, they live in. They don't have a great deal to see, is um, But you know, um, as the as the the the, the younger winged, um, they they tend to leave the the the. The, the females tunnel round about gym time. Finally, then, in, in regards to the getting a rounded understanding of moles, uh, what are their social structure like? I know you mentioned the male sort of does his business and goes. Are they quite solitary then, or do they live in groups? No, they they, they are solitary. Um, the, the the only time that they, they they really encounter each other is is during the breeding season. Like I say, that the the male will 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 actively search for females to mate with. Uh, so we'll occasionally come across other males. Um, they try and avoid uh, ag- ag- aggression. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you know they, they, they don't want to get hurt, um, so they, they, they will tend to avoid if they can. Yeah, they, 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 they tend to be uh, solitary for the rest of the year. Um, I'm not saying that they don't come into contact because you will have some tunnels that are arranging to each other's areas. Um, but they don't tend to, they don't, they don't, they're not a social animal. So if you were sort of called out to sort of capture more or control the species then, and you saw a, a, a sort of series of tunnels, would you expect to catch one or more than one? Or would you have to take a bit of time to just sort of study the patterns of the tunnels? To be honest, depending on, on a situation, wherever you are, you, you, you take every, every, um, infestation as as you know as you find it so you you, you do a, a a bit of a survey uh, to see um, what kind of activity you've got it, it may be one that you can identify different run-ins to different feeding areas so you, you might be able to think yeah that's a that's a separate feeding area it's got a different run-in to, to that area so you might think yeah there could be two or three in this field um, in most situations, in gardens and things like that, you, you tend to, to, to find that it's just just the, just the, the one. But what you have to remember is that they will get reinfested or can get reinfested if there are moles in a neighbouring area. Um, so they, 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 you clear an area if there's moles close by, they will know that that area is 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 is, is no longer being worked and and they can move into it. So. Yeah, you just have to take take every job as it comes. Put your traps in, flatten your molehills, go back, see if you've caught anything, see if there's any fresh activity, fresh molehills, um, and repeat until until you get no you know no further traps uh, traps being set off, and and you've got no fresh molehills um, when you when you do your visits. Um, so now that the listeners have hopefully got a more rounded understanding of moles, then why are the main reasons? We implement more control. To be honest, it's, it's in, in a lot of cases it's, it's to prevent damage. You've got a lot of uh, amenities such as you know cricket pitches, football pitches, public parks um, that, that can get get damaged. 
the molehills um, let weeds develop quite quickly. Um, it stops grass from growing properly um, in them areas. You start looking at uh, agricultural land, it can damage crops, uh, it's dangerous for cattle, it's dangerous for, for horses and riders. The tunnels uh, are a hazard, uh, the molehills are a hazard. If, a, if a, a, a horse puts its foot down into a, into a tunnel, uh, it could throw a rider. Um, you know, so the machinery that's used to um, look after the, the, the grass cutting uh, on agricultural land for the, for the seeds, you know, for the, the, the crops, that kind of thing. It, stones that are pushed up from the tunnels themselves can, can do damage to the machinery, uh, which is, a, which is a, a, an added cost. Um, a lot of agricultural land is, is used for um, creating silage. The soil that's pushed to the surface can contaminate the, the silage with, with bacteria, uh, making it unusable, cause problems for, for, for the cattle that it's going to be fed to. So there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons, um, you know, depending on the area that you've got the moulds in. in. In certain areas, you know, they're not causing any problems. You know, it's not, it's, you don't really need to control. Um, you, you know, you've got to look at the areas that, you know, it's, it, there's a, a monetary loss or something like that, or a, um, a, a risk to, you know, people or uh, or animals. Uh, you mentioned then how horses can succumb to the mole holes. Didn't they take down a king moles previously? Is that true? Is I, that I, for, is that folklore? No, I I, I believe so. Um, I, I couldn't tell which king it was. William the Third. Seventeen hundred and something. That, yes, is that I about think, right? I think yeah. it was in the 18th century. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's that's around the same time as uh, as as one of the popular mole traps was was invented as well. Um, the tank traps. First, I think the first used at the Palace of Versailles, if I remember correctly. So we've gone on to an history lesson now. Haven't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> what time of year is most appropriate for mole control? Then, is there a certain time of the year when you? prefer to do it is it more activity and sometimes do, do they hibernate for example moles they, they, they don't hibernate um they, they, they're active all year round you, you can you can trap when whenever you like that that's not an issue however it's it's a lot easier to control between october and april um and that's solely because the, the, there's less growth for, for, for grass um crops so it's 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 easier to to actually see the areas that need to be treated, it's easier to remove the the, the, the turf, um, you know, and, and and get to get down to the tunnels du during October and April is probably the easiest, but there's nothing to stop you. So once you've sort of noticed the presence of moles and you've sort of located their tunnels, what is the course of action then? Once we've once we've located the, we we know we've got an infestation because we've we've gone out to do a do a job safe. So we've got we've got molehills. What I would tend to do is is work out what how I'm going to treat it. My preferred method would be would be trapping. Um, although you can use gassing products, there is a couple of gassing products available: uh, Talionex and, and, and Fostoxin. You do need to have qualifications to use them, and you've got to be very careful in the areas that you're using them. You know, and it's not suitable for everywhere. So my go-to would be would be traps. So I'd, I'd, I'd attend a site, I'd, I'd plan the molehills, go back the following day, have a look and, and yeah, see where the, where the freshest activity is. You could 
just turn up on that day and have a look at molehills and, and work out what was happening by how fresh different molehills were, looking for the activity, levels of activity. I try and find the, the running to the to the feeding areas um, and I, I locate my traps in, in the runnings. Um, so it's a case of using the dibber, uh, finding a, 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 a suitable tunnel to, to put a trap into. Um, using a, a, a trowel or a, a sharp bread, a bread knife is quite good, to be honest with you. Cut um, a, 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 the, the sod of earth out, um, get down to expose the tunnel, select the trap that you're going to use. Um, there's, there's loads of different traps, traps on the market, from barrel traps, which are commonly known as duffers traps, uh, talpex, talprids, uh, trap lines, batangs, scissor traps, you name it. There's, 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 there's loads of different options available. Um, but you select your trap, you cut the hole to the size that you need, you level the, the surface down in the, in the, the bottom of the, uh, the, the run itself, put the trap in, cover the trap to make sure that you're excluding all light and walk away. Come back the following day and see if you've caught one. I say walk away, but just before you do that, it's, it's, it's advisable to mark where you've put your traps. Mm. So you've got a few options. Um, to do that you can use mole markers um, which you stick into the ground um, you've got some little flags on you could use a bit of um, you know some kind of tape you know some bright colored tape but we we recently spoke to a, um, a pest controller um, who, who was using road marking paint and he was buying a, a, a dark blue road marking paint and just spraying a little squirt of it next to the area where you put the traps and it's not that visible at all unless you really are looking for it but it would be just a really really good idea to be honest with you and it's something that we we now tell people on the on the trapping course so always learning that's 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 the thing always learning are there any other types of control i saw something online about wind power and uh, treatment of earthworms is this stuff that you can use yeah uh, th- th- there is other there is other control methods um but, this with you they don't work um not long term anyway um yes there are there are there are wind powered ones which cause vibrations which allegedly annoys them all um there's ultrasonic or ultrasound devices which um, solar powered ones which allegedly do the same there's also um a, a compound which is based on aluminium ammonium sulfate which uh, is a repellent that you can use in granular form or you can water it onto the ground. But there's, there's no proof that they work long-term. No, I think the, the, the main things you've got to look at is, is, is either gassing or, or trapping if you want to remove a problem. Fantastic. Mark, thank you so much. I've definitely learned a lot. I hope the listeners have too. Oh, you're all right. I, 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 to be honest with you, Luke, we, we could probably rabbit on for, for hours you know what i'm like you see me often enough in the in the office um i can talk for england when i get started unfortunately we, def- um, we definitely could but i've got to go and get that mouse out of my car so. <laughs> <laughs> well if, if you need any help I'm, I'm i'm there to help you you know that fantastic mark thank you so much for joining us oh, it's been it's been a pleasure take care a huge thanks once again for mark for coming on the podcast we really appreciate it as always, if you've ever needed any assistance whilst you're out in the field, pardon the pun, then get in touch with our technical team. 
uh, I'm sure they'll be able to help you with whatever difficulty you have. Next time we'll be joined by Avril Turner, Kill Germs Technical Manager for the Midlands. We're going to be talking about how to deal with the behavioural resistance of the house mouse. Uh, the code for this podcast then is Mike, Oscar, Lima, Echo, Sierra. I guess it had to be this time. If I wasn't going to use that code this episode, when was I going to use it? So thank you all for joining us. I hope all your news resolutions are going well, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.